Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Everyone deserves a chance in the driver's seat. For GM and Revolt, that means leading the way on the road to an all-electric future and envisioning a world with zero crashes, zero tailpipe emissions, and zero congestion. GM's committed to making EVs accessible for everybody. That means you too. So what are you waiting for? GM's got the keys. You grab the wheel. Learn more about an all-electric future and the 000 initiative at GM.com. GM, everybody in. What's up, y'all? It's your boy, Shoebox Baby, and I just jumped off the porch with Dirty Glove Bastard. Slack, come on. Grateful for them county charges, cause Sakira's like the sack. Why hit my phone like, come on, man, I can't wait till he get back. I'm gonna... All right, y'all, so we finally got Shoebox Baby with us jumping off the porch today. How are you feeling? I'm good. How about you? I'm feeling good. Okay, so we got to finish our convo because it was getting really good with you being vegan and then the lean, all the stuff, all yeah. that stuff. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, we was having our little, our little mini conversation. So, like, what you want to, like... Okay, so we can talk about how you ended up being vegan. Like, how did you end up turning vegan? Um, I'm trying to see. I think somebody like, I don't know, somebody like challenged me or something. Or maybe I think I wasn't like it, like, like how I was like gaining weight. I'm like, no. Nah. I was like, uh. <laughs> no start. But now, nah, um, I think I was, um, I want to like that, like how I was gaining weight. So mm-hmm. I was like, I wanted to, I was like interested in like some of the shit, like, damn, what could I cut out for that shit? So then I tried the vegan shit. I want to say though, I was talking to a girl and she's vegan. I think I was trying to act, I was trying to fit in with her or something. It was something like that. <laughs> but I ended up doing it for like three, four months. Uh-huh. Then I had turned to a pescatarian. I started eating like seafood, like fishes and shit like that. And then, but I always cut out like red meat. I cut out red meat. I think I, I, I cut out red meat for like a year now. Mm-hmm. Been like almost a year. And pork, I never ate pork. But like I do eat like like baked chicken, like grilled chicken. So I be trying to limit it though. You know, um, what well, like I said earlier, how you know the age that you are. People don't really pick up those type of eating habits yeah. at your age. And then, you know, we went into about how um, you were drinking lean at 16. Yeah. How did you even, like, how did your experience getting introduced to lean? How did that even go? Uh, I, I, I started drinking lean, like, I used to be, I used to hang around my um, my brother Muap. And Muap was, Muap was like 18. Yeah, Muap was like two years older than me. Mm-hmm. So he was drinking lean. So I used to be following behind him and shit. I started drinking lean and shit. But I only did lean really because I wasn't never into drugs. Like smoking and none of that shit, I ain't never liked that shit. But like I was doing lean, I was like, this shit ain't that bad. But it gets you a high. But then it started catching up to me. Then like I started getting, I started gaining weight. I went from like, like 110 pounds to like an easy 160, 162 or something. For real? Yeah, and in the year. I started gaining away the shit. But then I had to stop. I slowed down with that shit. What made you uh wanna just cut out lean completely? Cause the one it was lean started getting expensive. 
After like the pandemic, that shit started. When I first started Simpleade, you get you get lines for like $80, $90, $100. Now that shit is expensive. You paying two fifty dollars a line. It started cutting into your pockets and it get into a bad habit. So you will be spending $700 on a on a soda. Mm-hmm. And then you got to go. You, I'm a, I drink fast, so I'll be done with that shit in a day. Was you chugging it? Yeah, I, took, I drink it. Yeah, I oh chug it. Oh, my God. I'll be done in a day. So now <laughs> I got to spend some more money, so I had to cut that shit off. And it wasn't, getting, it wasn't getting good for my body and shit like that. Right. Like I started getting lazy. And, like, anytime I try to go play ball or something, I feel like my guts was just going to come out my shit. I'm like, oh, I got to stop that shit. Did you ever have to go through the withdrawals when you was, like, leaving it alone? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I had just I just did eleven weeks straight without it, and a withdrawal. That shit was that shit horrible. What the what did you go through with your withdrawal? Like, oh, that's what you was talking about earlier. You was talking about like your stomach be stopped up. Yeah, my stuff it wasn't stopped up though, but it was like like I just it was running. Like I all like like diarrhea. That shit was running during your withdrawal. Yeah, like I was catch, uh, catching fevers. I was finding myself like just getting in the tub, sitting in the tub for like an hour during the air day. That was like the only thing that. It kept me sane with that shit. But that shit, ooh, that shit bad. Woo, how did you have the discipline, like, to just stop when you was going through the withdrawals? I, I just had to stop. I'm like, I don't want to do this shit no more. Mm-hmm. I want to fuck with it. I'm like, nah, man, I want to change. But that that was a part of, like, me changing my eating habits and shit, too. Right. It came around the same time. Now, I'm going to get into your business a little bit and dive into your background. So, you know, we all know that you from O-Block. So, I want to hear your wildest O-Block memory that you can talk about. Uh, I ain't gonna lie, living the project, you see some, <laughs> you see some crazy <laughs> shit every day. But it be normal to us, but it be crazy as hell. I'm trying to see. Damn. The wildest shit I've seen. Uh, recently, I just seen I seen somebody with a horse coming up, ride a, like, ride a horse around the whole projects. Uh-huh. Like a, he was a black cowboy, whatever the fuck he was. <laughs> but that was just some out of the ordinary shit. That shit, that's, mm. But it's a lot of shit, though. You would have to brainstorm. You got to sit down and think, like, damn, what the fuck? But damn, there'd be a lot of shit that be going on. Damn. What's the wildest thing that happened to you in O Block? The wildest thing. Shit, the wildest thing to me is getting shot at. Mm-hmm. That's probably the wildest thing. Yeah, that's pretty hot. How old were you when that happened? Shit, it'll happen any day. I've been, I've been living, living in that since like 2007, 2008 or something. Mm-hmm. So it, it been multiple times. It, I think the first time it happened to me, by like, like I was like 12, 13, something like that. But shit, like a lot, of, like I said, a lot of shit be normal. So that's why I like it'd be wild to you, but that should be normal to me. See what I'm saying? So that's why I'm like, you know. You wanna know what's crazy? What? The cowboy, seeing the cowboy, the black cowboy, that is so normal to me. That's normal to you? <laughs> yeah. That's weird as hell, ain't it? That's weird. Well, it's because of where I'm from. Like that's kind of normal. Like we be seeing that. Like you see a, you see somebody, a black cowboy with a horse in the projects. Running around the project. Okay, now I will say, honestly, that's weird. That's top of the line, bottom barrel weird. That's why <laughs> that threw me off. I'm like, <laughs> I seen that shit. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, 
When did you you moved out of O Block, right? Or yeah. When did you move out? Oh, last year. Last year? Yeah, when I started rapping. Dang, so you didn't witness like a lot yeah. of stuff. Yeah. But it's still like my everyday hangout place though. Mm-hmm. So how did y'all feel when like people started coming in, like treating it like a monument, basically? Oh, I bet that, that it been happening for a long time, for like probably like ten years. So, but before it was like being treated like a monument, it was getting treated like like we was action figures and shit. Really? Like we was in the movies and shit. You know what uh -huh. That was weird. That that shit was always weird. Like they think the shit we live is a, you know. Like this shit out of a cartoon or a superhero movie or some shit, but this real life. Like y'all actually had to live through a lot of stuff and people mm -hmm. come and they like taking pictures, posting it on Instagram. YouTubers like, coming, blogging, doing all type of crazy non-fiction ass, like all type of crazy ass shit. So y'all would walk outside and just see people y'all ain't never seen before just yeah. posted up. Like especially with the pain being right there. Uh -huh. That's every day, all day. Like the pain you're talking about, uh, Vaughn's pain, yeah. right? I think that's when people come to Chicago. That's one of the places they stop at. O Block is one of the places they stop at. Like it's it's monumental, but like I don't know, it'd be weird as hell. But I like it though. Mm -hmm. I like it. Like sometimes I'll be going to the store and some a lot of people be recognizing me. Like kids, they be like, let me take a picture with you and shit. Ooh. Oh wow. I like it though, but it, it's weird though, kind of. It just be weird. Like like on Vaughn's birthday, the Matarachi band came and played. What? <laughs> they came, like that's some weird shit too. Like they the Matarachi band came in the projects and played music. It'd be a lot of, a lot of, a lot of episodes happening. Wow. Yeah, that shit. So I'm guessing like O Black is a lot calmer now. Yeah, well. I mean, to me it'd be calm, but like to a lot of people it wouldn't. Mm -hmm. Like social media make it, like you know, it's a regular project, regular. Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba -da -ba -ba -ba. Shit, regular shit that happened to projects, happening now. Right. The media just overspike it, shit like that. Yeah. But it is a TV show, though. That shit a real TV show. <laughs> like, you would just stay there for a month, one month. You would just be like, damn, I done seen a lot of shit. It's always something Every going day. on. It's probably something happening right now as we speak. Ain't no telling. So what made you make that decision to finally move out of there? Because uh, I, I wanted to... When I, once I learned, like, I wanted to rap for real, mm -hmm. I was like, in order for me to rap, I got to move from right here. Because I need a lot of, I need, I need a lot of hair space. And me living in O-Block, I ain't going to do shit, but every day, this is all I'm going to do every day. Wake up, walk outside, and just walk around. I do this for 11, 12 hours straight. I leave out the house 10 in the morning and won't come back in the house till like, 1 in the morning. And really? I ain't did shit. Literally, I ain't did shit. So that's all. Like, I got to move. I got to clear my head. I need more, you know, more me time if I want to take this shit serious. Could you ever recall the moment where, because, you know, we do have those moments with ourselves where we're like, damn, I'm not doing shit. Like, yeah. can you recall that moment when you realize, like, damn, I could be doing a lot more with my life? Uh, right after I graduated out of high school. Mm -hmm. When I graduated out of high school, 
didn't know what I wanted to do. I knew I wanted to make money though, but I knew I didn't want to go to jail. <laughs> I was working. I was working like, like the second year of my high school, I was working. I was working a job. Cause I wasn't trying to go to jail, but I wasn't trying to be broke either. So I'm like, fuck it. You taking a risk, hustling shit. I'm gonna take a risk shit, working a job. So I was working the shit. So when I graduated, I'm like, damn, I don't know what I wanna do. I was still working though, cause I'm like, I don't know what I wanna do, but I know I don't wanna be broke. So I was just like working until something came up and shit. Then I'm like, fucking, I started rapping. Cause, cause like, I always had that mouthpiece. Like I always mm-hmm. was a slick talking shit. Like people used to be like, like my homie right there used to be saying like, man, that should be a rapper. How you be talking? Like then I finally like took that shit serious once I seen Vaughn come do what he did. It had motivated me. It pushed me a lot to take shit serious. So that's when I did. Um, I think, well, when I was watching one of your interviews, you had spoke on how you grew up like way too fast. Yeah, yeah, hell yeah. I think I was just saying in one of my, no, my previous interview, like, like in the projects, like little kids in the projects, they grow up to be grown before average kids. Like shit the average kid did, mm-hmm. I ain't did. Like it's a lot of shit. Like, you know what I'm saying? What's something that you wish, like, looking back, what's something that you wish you would have did as a kid? It's a lot of shit. I, <laughs> what I wish I would have did. I wish I would have. I used to wish I could do that shit like, um, you know, I, like when it's the winter time, knock on people's doors and um, shovel the snow and shit. I used to wish I could do that. That, that was shit we ain't did. We didn't do shit like that as kids. I like going to baseball games making water water park trips every summer, making that shit more frequently. Mm-hmm. We was barely going to water parks. We weren't doing that shit like that. Um, what would you say are like the cons of growing up fast? Well, growing up too fast? Uh, you miss your childhood. Like your childhood is really just like, your childhood, you miss your childhood, it'd be like, your childhood, most of your childhood time be, you focus on being an adult or you trying to be an adult. Mm-hmm. That's so like, like, like you you being more of a you being more of a dope than you being a kid when you really a kid. So a lot of shit you will see past. Like I used to think, let's what well, I used to think. I used to think like when I was like eleven, twelve. I used to think going downtown, going going to stores with no money, just just window shopping. I used to think that shit was fun. Other than me going to camp or some shit like that. Like mm-hmm. that's some shit teenagers doing. Was there any kids whose family actually, well, where you live, was there any kids whose family actually like took them to like parks and like water parks and stuff like that? Or did everybody pretty much grow up like the nah, same? We all grew up, it really was like we grew up the same. Mm-hmm. Really, like we all grew up the same. Like if you live the parkway, it's all right, like bam, you either got like a single single mother, or you probably got a single daddy, or you probably got a mama, they probably both together, but it's like your daddy probably hustling, and mama probably working, so it really ain't no time for you. Mm-hmm. So that's what leads you to being in the projects around these other kids with the same type of backstory as you. Right. So that's why it's like, that's why I be looking at the projects like a group home for kids, because it's like everybody can relate to each other because everybody got the same struggles. Damn. I think it's, 
I think it's so crazy because I, I don't want to go back to it, but it's like how you're telling me this and then just like how you're saying you wish you could go to like different water parks and stuff like that, but it's like now people actually go to your blog and just like yeah. post up, take yeah. pictures. And that, that's crazy. We just have a conversation like, damn, that's crazy. People really be traveling around, traveling across the world to come where we at and we try to get the fuck from where we at to go like where they at. It's, it's crazy. That's what they go back to like they think this shit like a movie, like life a movie and shit like that. Dang. Now getting into your music, I think my favorite story, and I know you said it so many times, but <laughs> when you first came out and you had a style of like a Detroit rapper. Yeah. So was you rapping on like fast beats or what? What was going on? Yeah, I was rapping on like like fast little fast Detroit beats, like. Growing up, like before I was before I started rapping, but when mm -hmm. I started rapping around that time, my favorite rappers was Detroit Detroit rappers like V's, Babyface, Ray, Peasy, all them. Yeah, those was my favorite type of rappers at the time. But like I never really, I wasn't really fucking with Chicago music at the time. That's crazy. Like I wasn't even listening to Chicago rappers. Ooh, speaking of that, um, when do you feel like Chicago went through their quiet moment when it came to the music? Because I know it was a little bit after, like... I want to say the time period before Vaughn came out. I think, I feel like Vaughn and Juice were, like, yeah. Vaughn and Juice were and them brought it back. Like, it was having a time, like, it's like, I bet you got the Chief Keef, you got the G Herbo, you got the Dirk. You got these people, they from, like, five, six years ago. But they still doing their thing, but like, it's like you could tell like it's time for something new to like re-innovate the shit. That's why I feel like Juice World, Polo G, Von them. That's when like they bring it back. Um, I think I had a talk. I was talking to somebody and we talked about how Dirk kind of had like a crazy comeback because at a at a yeah. moment in time it was kind of quiet, just like during that whole Chicago era, and then all of a sudden Dirk came back in and was like, boom, going crazy. Yeah, I think. My opinion, like my opinion on Dirk, I think like I always listen to Dirk, but I feel like I feel like Dirk never was like like never f fell off. Mm -hmm. Like I don't like you can't tell me one bad song Dirk had. Dirk ain't never had no bad songs. He mm -hmm. just never had no songs that popped. He never had no no like no you know no hit songs that like just went over viral and shit like that. Mm -hmm. But he never made no bad songs. He always stayed afloat. But then it's like he just got this bigger push. Now he just got this bigger push at this time right now. Mm -hmm. So now it's like everything he make is an anthem now. Now you coming in as the new generation of Chicago's music scene. Uh -huh. What is that like for you? Um, it's like I I be I be saying it like it be like like it's just history repeating itself. Like when I look at a lot of Chicago artists, I be like sometimes I be like. Comparing us to like the ones from back in the day, yeah, yeah. like how our journeys be and shit like that. Like I be, I be comparing us a lot of, uh, sometimes because I be seeing it. I be like, damn, I think this shit for go exactly how that shit just went with them. Now I also watched another interview of yours, and you spoke how, spoke on how you don't like dissing the dead, like you don't do that. No. So what would you say that mindset came from of like, nah, I'm not finna be out here talking about the dead like that? I feel like like with the diss of the dead shit, it be like, I feel like it just bring too much attention. Like it bring, I don't know, like how that shit going right now, I feel like when you diss the dead, I feel like that shit be like, 
Do you think people get like instant karma when they do that? Not instant karma, but mm, it, it 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 like it give or takes. So it it happened with like certain people. Mm-hmm. Like certain, it's a lot of people that have been disappeared for a long ass time. Right. And and sometimes like that shit got so cool, you aren't even noticing somebody dissing somebody. Like sometimes like some people. Like Chief Keith, he made that shit like like saying like he smoking tuca and shit. Mm-hmm. Like he made that shit so common, like the whole world was saying it. But a lot of people, I bet a lot of people ain't even noticed they was dissing the motherfucker. When something happens to your kitchen, you might say this is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper Ludicrous. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim. Holler at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. That's the crazy part. A lot of people ain't even know it's like they were dissing people. Mm-hmm. So it's like this would go a long way. Like, because that's the case. You see, she keep been dissing for a long ass time then. That's the case. Um, do it's you? Just, it's just to a certain extent, like... Some people just get like disrespectful with it. Some people have fun with it and make it like a trim. And some people just, this shit just a message. I'm finna just get nasty, get disrespectful with this shit. It be a different, I feel like it's a difference between them type of disses, but it all go under the same belt. And with you, you are you just like, you don't feel comfortable doing that? Not really. I throw a subliminal, but I'll be doing it because. I, if I do it, it's what the people want to see. Because mm-hmm. that's really what it's all about. It's what the people want to see. Like, I don't do it just to be doing it to hurt nobody's feelings, hurt nobody's family feelings and shit. See what I'm saying? I just be doing, like, I, whatever I say, I say it's like what's on my mind. Or I be like, oh, they going to like this when I say this. See what I'm saying? Like, I don't really. And it's just like, it put a bad, like, not even bad, just put a, like, a big-ass telescope on you, I feel like. Like, you just put, like, a big-ass telescope, like, especially, like, with, like, law enforcement and shit. I feel like law enforcement, that shit, when that shit happened, I feel like, because I'm scared of the police. I don't like the police. I don't want nothing to do with their ass. <laughs> so I feel like anything that put, 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 them, put you on their radar, I feel like you shouldn't do. Right, and that's real. Do you feel, well, actually. Even though, even though what you say is a freedom of speech, you can say what you want. Mm-hmm. As long as you ain't incriminating yourself, but I still like feel I still feel like like the folks are play with you. I feel like not right now. Like right now is a whole thing going on with that. You know, they yeah. watching on social media, they pulling up lyrics now, trying to incriminate artists for their lyrics. Like mm-hmm. it's just a little too risky right now. Yeah, it, yeah, it's it's real risky right now. Cause it'd be like and then some of the shit, they make it make sense. They make it make sense. And it don't even be that. Like, I could have said something, and they'd say, oh, he talking about this in this situation. Whole time, I ain't even talking about that. I'm probably just making some shit up in my head. Or this shit just rhyme. Mm-hmm. But they make, they, shit, they make that shit make sense. I don't like that. So what would you say is, like, some motivation that you pull when it comes to your music? Just be like, like I, the biggest thing, like, the biggest motivation is, to me, that motivate me is to stay consistent. Mm-hmm. Like when you stay consistent, I used to think, I used to think, cause I used to, like I studied like a lot of music, I studied a lot of tech techniques. I watch a lot of rappers' interviews and shit too. 
to like give or take off of what they do and like how they situation went. And then be, I used to think like, man, like this is what I'm gonna do. When I first started rapping, my, my, my um, mindset was, I'm gonna drop a song one time a month. Every month, drop a song. But then I learned like, I learned like, I'm like, damn. I'm like, no, because you're going to be reposting the same shit for, you're going to be promoting the same shit for one month. People are tired of seeing the same shit. And that's starting to get repeated for well, the same people seeing the shit. So it ain't really help you. Then it's like, then I, I did the route where like, I started being consistent. I used to be coming once a week. Mm-hmm. Now I'm coming once a week. Now I'm seeing like my algorithm go up. Because mm-hmm. it's like, I'm giving them new content. And it's good quality too. It ain't no weak shit. I ain't giving them right. no weak shit. Now, with the history of where you're from and how big of a part it played in hip hop and just music in general, do you feel like coming from a place like O Block gives an artist an advantage? Uh, I, people say that. I, I be hearing a lot of people say that. Like. A lot of people say that like when they mad as hell or like or they hate on the motherfucker, they be like, damn, he only do this shit only be doing it because he from O block. And be like, hell no, nah. like right now we got a lot of rappers from my block. A lot of rappers you probably ain't even heard of. But it's like, that ain't no advantage. You still gotta put the we still gotta put the footwork yeah. in. We still gotta grind that shit out. Cause a lot of a lot of time that shit be a disadvantage. Mm-hmm. What would you say would be I be like feeling a- like I feel like sometimes I be feeling like like, I be seeing a lot of people get cosigns and shit, like a lot of cosigns. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't never look for cosigns, really. Cause like, I don't never want to, it's good if you give me a cosign, but I don't never look for no cosign cause I want to be the cosign. See what I'm saying? Right. So I be seeing like, like you don't really see O-Block artists get cosigns like that. Like, we don't really get cosigns. But that's just on the media, but behind the scenes, you will see a million fucking rappers. You be like, damn, he know me? Right. And they'll be, yo, shit hard, woo But like, you be like, damn, why the fuck you ain't never repost my shit then? Or you fucking this all by now? You know what I'm saying? They be like, no, different strokes for different folks. Do you ever feel like people are so stuck on the past drill era that when it comes to new Chicago, well, new artists coming out of Chicago, they're not really as easily accepting to them? I feel like, I feel like right now, the thing I don't like about it, even though it's the truth right now, it's all about your know, image. Mm-hmm. Like the fans, they want to see like, the, right now what I look, what I be thinking of, like the fans, they be want to, they want to hear, yeah, like they want to go to like backstories, like, I ain't never heard of this kid, ooh, I ain't heard about him killing nobody or shooting nobody or going to jail for this or disrespecting nobody. Like that's what the fans be want to see when it comes to Chicago drill. They want to see that background. And then they want to see, in your music, they want to see you talking about street shit. Mm-hmm. They don't give a fuck if you can make a song, or you can make a catchy ass song, or make a melodic song. They want to hear about street shit. They want to hear what you. They want to hear about shit that's going on in the streets, cause they outside us looking in. Right. Would you? Well, I think you're a very like versatile artist. Mm. Do you feel like? Would you classify yourself as a drill artist or? I classify myself as a rapper, shit. Right. Really? Cause, cause that ain't all I can do is just rap about drill rapping. I, I know how to versatile, like I'm versatile, so I classify myself as a rapper. Yeah, like when I was listening to your music, you definitely versatile. I will say, I was surpri- surprised when you did uh, Who Gonna Die. 
Yeah. Because their beat, that's like a that's like Louisiana, yeah, Louisiana. type. Yeah. And see, see, like people like hearing shit like that, mm-hmm. they want to hear what's going on in the streets, or what they think going on in the streets. Like, you see what I'm saying? So like, like it's your it's your job to put on a show for them, to entertain right. them. You can say whatever, they gonna believe it. It's it's they it's their choice to believe it or not. You know it's not true, or you know this shit ain't really going on. But it's like shit, you the director, you the author of the song, so you gotta make them believe what the fuck you saying. Mm-hmm. Even though you telling them it ain't true, they still could believe it. <laughs> I saw it on your uh, video thing, so I'm like, oh shit. Okay. Yeah, it was a remix. That was my first. That was my first visual that I dropped though. Mm-hmm. It was a. It was a. It was really a remake of the song. But I, I named it Capital Flow because the song, the instrumental was a remake of mm-hmm. his. But somebody told me like, you know, you ain't even have to put that as it ain't even have to be Capital Flow or anything. Yeah. Cause and I ain't even know that. By that time, oh, I was so like, the I name of it like you did it because it was basically like a cover to one of his songs. Yeah. Okay, cool. Cause I was thinking about that because I'm like, dang, it's called like Capital Freestyle. So I'm like, y'all must have like a really good like you know dynamic. Yeah. Nah, that nah, that, yeah, nah, that ain't the, that ain't the case. I ain't never met Polo. Oh, okay. Well, I do know that you dropped something recently with Rob Four Nine, and uh, that yeah. shit is hard as. Fuck. Oh, oh yeah. my Shout God. Shout out 49. That's my boy. How did y'all end up linking up? Um, in Miami. I think, yeah. This is like before. I met Rob like right before. He had just dropped Vulture Island, but without Lil Baby. Mm-hmm. So I think that was his hottest song. I, tell you. I think he probably, when I first met Rob, he probably had like 160,000 views or something like that. And I was just coming off my first, I was just coming off my my most popular song, I think I probably had like a, like at the time, I probably had like 600,000 um, views. Uh-huh. So when I met him and shit, I met him in the studio. Who I was with? I was with, um, this is my first time in Miami. I was with Baby Shiesty and GMO Stats. We was in a recording. And Rod came in and I didn't know him. I didn't know who he was. But he introduced himself to me and shit. Then he asked, he's like, he's like, you from Oblak, right? I'm like, yeah. You know, you know my brother Prince Ray? He's like, I was like, yeah, that's my brother. Him and Prince Dre got a relationship, and mm-hmm. shit. SSD and shit, we just locked it in. Damn, that song on the floor, like, that's crazy. Yeah, I was boy. listening to that shit. I was like, nah, this a, this a duo. I like the Southern and, up, like, Up North dynamic. Yeah. That was lit. Yeah, I fuck around. That's my boy. And you just recently dropped your single and visual, No Cap. Yeah. Talk about the creative process with that. Uh, no Cap. No Cap was just like what we used to talk about, like, like, the shit I'm saying in there, like I could be saying a whole lot of false ass shit, mm-hmm. but this like feeding the fans because they outsiders looking in, so they wanna know what's they they wanna know what's going on like in the streets and shit. But you not finna say right. that. So I could be telling them anything. See what I'm saying? Like I, I'm letting them know like mm-hmm. like my lyrics, this shit all false, but it's just entertainment. Right. That's a different approach coming in as a emerging artist. Like that's a. That's a real different approach. Yeah, for sure. Why would you say you wanted to come in like that? I don't know. I want to say the background of No Cap. I think I made the song like right after my brother um, at the um, move. I got locked up, mm-hmm. and he had called me one day. He called me like he's like, "Man, I'm be I'm, I'm I'm I gotta fight this shit. It don't look like I'm getting no bond no time soon. So I gotta fight this shit." He's like, "You just gotta go crazy. Mm-hmm. He's like you just gotta go crazy." And then. I, I thought I, thought I got off phone and shit. I was in the studio like probably the next few hours, and then I just 
I just spoke my spoke my mind and put in my own creative twisters with it. I love that. So, um, and speaking of your brother Muwab, like he be listening to your music and shit, huh? Uh, he probably proud as hell of you. Like you yeah. really, you really put it on. Yeah. Do you feel pressure? Like you gotta kind of carry the weight. Yeah, I be feeling that pressure a lot. I don't really like. I don't really like it though. I don't. I don't like the spotlight to be like, or like, like I'm ahead of a pack. Mm -hmm. Like I gotta carry it all. Like I just like to just like go with the flow. Like mm -hmm. keep my head down and just do what I do. I like to. I like to stay humble around the shit. So that's why I never say like I'm putting on or like I'm carrying my neighborhood or my city. Shit. I don't really like yeah. saying it because I really like to be humble with shit. Because mm -hmm. I know how the tables are turning real quick. Right. And um, I noticed that, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but when I was doing research, I didn't see your any projects released. Uh, nah, I got a um, project coming up. I was gonna say, what's going on? Like, where the project at? Um, yeah, I, I was like, I don't know. That's crazy. I never, like, I've been rapping for like a year and like a month now. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I haven't been thinking about a project until like, like the beginning of this year, I'm like, damn. I think I want to. I want to do a project. I thought a project was too much. Really? Yeah, I did. But I'm like, nah. I'm, I want a project. So I got a project. That my debut um, mixtape coming out September 9th. The kid that came out of nowhere. So yeah, I got a lot of features on there. Is there any you can reveal? Uh yeah. Um, Lizzie Osama, B Love, Rowdy Rebel, Scory. Who else? PGF Nook. Who else? It's somebody else. I think it's uh, who? Nah, the Rob song ain't even. Oh no, I, I should have put the Rob song there. Oh yeah, and my brother DQ. Okay, that's gonna be lit. Like you got some, you got some heavy hitters on there. Oh yeah. Are you independent? <laughs> Damn. Yeah, I'm independent. The way you moving, I would have thought you was signed for real. Nah, I ain't signed not yet. Nah. Do you think you are gonna sign, or at, but at the rate that you're going though, like just to be honest, you could do a little, you know, a little distro, a little thing going mm. on. Yeah, I was I was thinking that though. I was thinking that, cause cause like after my project, I know, I know after my project, a lot of people are gonna be coming. Mm-hmm. Cause a lot of people start coming like the beginning of this year. Mm-hmm. But like I ain't settled for less. So I just want to keep working, but I know after my project, my project, this one of them projects that's gonna show, mm -hmm. like this is a personal project. I do want to ask you before we wrap up, what impact is it that you would like to leave? Mm, I wanna, the impact I would like to leave is just, just show like, like shit don't come overnight. Like, like you want to do something, you got to give it your all, like everything in you, like you got to give it like everything, like. If you want to be a rapper, I put this mindset. I was like, I want to be a rapper. I had, I had quit my job when I first started rapping. Cause I was like, if I want to be a rapper, I'm focused on being a rapper. Mm -hmm. I ain't focusing on the money right now. I'm focused on being a rapper. So it's like, you want to be a rapper, you got a 24-7. This is a 24-hour job around the clock. Like, ain't no days off with this shit. Like, you need to be thinking. Ain't no doing nothing. You should mm -hmm. be using your Instagram to either make money, network, or figure out how you're gonna promote your music. Mm -hmm. You gotta promote your product and your music, your product.
Now, before we wrap up, do you have any last words or shout outs? No, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. Y'all get charged up now. Nah, look, look, cuz, now. Nah. Every interview I'll be doing, they be asking, I'll be like, no, nah, man. I gotta start making a list. I'm gonna start making a list. Cause I don't never have no last words, no shout outs, nothing. I don't know why. But shit, shout out to all my supporters, my family, my friends, everybody, my whole team, all that. Shout out to everybody. Grateful for them county charges, cause Sakira's like the sack. Why my phone like, come on, man, I can't wait till he get back. I'm the one that's on the front line, man, when I. Hey there, ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster? Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah, or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about? Well, get ready to feel that excitement all over again because Amazon Prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level. Absolutely. Prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker. It's about diving into a world of endless possibilities, from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. And don't even get me started on the music. Prime offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash Prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before.